<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Hill Varsity Club is opening in Omaha this May and is hiring for all hospitality positions. Do you love elevated food, exciting events, and having fun at work? Join our team by applying today at HillVarsityClub.com. Hill Varsity Club will feature a next-level mix of classic sports bar favorites and contemporary creations with indoor and outdoor seating and memorable live events like live music and sports watch parties. We can't wait to grab a burger and a beer at HVC this May. Apply for all front or back-of-house positions now at HailVarsityClub.com. Welcome to Meathead Test Kitchen, where food and fitness come to hang out. Nutrition, training, and life. It's all fair game on Meathead Test Kitchen. Welcome to Meathead Test Kitchen, a podcast where food and fitness meet. I'm Sadie. I'm Sasha. And today we are joined once again by our old friend, not old, I mean we are old, but old friend. I mean, we've fucking known each other for, I think, forever <laughs> in adulthood at this point. I've known you since I was Makes like Makes us 19. all old, I think. Oh, right, dude. Yeah, we are. sorry. We are. I had to Google what generation we're on the other day, and I was like, that is a special kind of millennial, and I hashtag rage quit. Geriatric millennials. And also, is it capitalized? Because I didn't know. Millennials is not generation whatever it is. Z. Well, I know that now. I had it totally wrong. I just had it wrong. I put down X, and I was like, wait. X is uh, the generation ab before us. I was so focused yeah. on getting the capitalization right that I... I get that. I fucked it up. Well, th- I mean, they did something <laughs> dumb, and they took X, and then instead of just calling us Y, they call us millennials so that they can shit on us about mm. our avocado toast and whatever the else the <laughs> fuck we're doing. Like, you just breathe as a millennial, and people complain about you on the internet, so yeah. whatever. Do, do what you want to fucking do. Um, but we don't they care. skipped a letter. And then they went to Z. Now I mean, it's Z, so like technically they have to go back to A, right? So was it? Or are we going Generation go to the, A one steak sauce? I mean, are we going to go to the Greek alphabet? J one steak sauce. <laughs> Heinz fifty seven coming at you next. Watch your ass. Oh, uh, anyway, um, I gave myself a backache after a fucking temper tantrum yesterday. That's how old I am. But we're joined again with Chris Whitney. He is on the other side of running 166 miles across the middle of America with MS Runs the U.S. Uh, Incredible. It was. We, we got to be there for the finish, and I cried. I don't think yeah. there was a dry eye there. Like, Did you cry? I like did. tears of joy, but I, also I like I just accomplished something amazing. Yeah, I think it's... Um took a little while to set in maybe and so the week before I kind of told myself that hey you can do all this when it's over don't when it's getting tough don't use that as your motivation mm-hmm. and right. just kind of wait for that final day and so I was able to do that but yeah it was it was very emotional on that last day for sure it was yeah. it went from all of us screaming and waving our arms and cowbells and clappers to crisscross <laughs> the finish line and he just it was really cool to see because I could just see the wheels turning in your head as you came across the finish line and you just sat there for a second and you like went wow I just fucking did that right and then immediately it hit you and you're like wow I just fucking did that and then we all started crying and you immediately went over to your mom and then we all started crying some more yeah <laughs> Can you talk about the importance of MS Run the US? Like what it meant means to you and like why you started 
like decided to do this in the first place? It's an organization that obviously when you're talking about fundraising for a disease or a cause, a lot of the kind of what you think about first is maybe this goes towards research dollars or things like that, Mm -hmm. uh, which they've done a fair amount of in the past. But the organization is mainly built around fundraising for people that need things in their home, home modifications, so Mm -hmm. they can live their lives better that might have MS. So it's things like wheelchairs, maybe if they need a ramp in their house, even if they just need an air conditioning unit or something that helps them live better. They've had MS, they are looking for supports, and the organization grants out those dollars for those improvements. And so um, that was the big thing, really why it resonated with me so much. Um, And also just the fact that this event has had people over the past, um, since it began in 2013 and this year, um, some of the relay runners have MS themselves and they're really taking it head on. And so I figured the least I can do and somebody who wants to, you know, continue to advocate for people with MS and help them live better lives is go out, fundraise and do the best I can with the running portion. Yep. And you mentioned a couple of the runners do have MS. So the runner after you, she actually has MS. And I was super, super proud of her um, for finishing because she had the hottest part of the summer so far. Mm. And MS, I don't know if you know a lot about MS if you're listening or watching us right now, but MS is a silent disease. You can't really tell when somebody has it. Most time people that have MS don't even know they have MS until they go to the doctor like seven times for a bunch of tests. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a really expensive disease. Um, my friend Kevin, who who Chris also ran for, in addition to his mom, had to take 25 prednisone steroids the day that uh, Chris was running. So we got to FaceTime with Kevin at the finish, but MS is really expensive. The drugs for it are super expensive. I think one month of treatment for Kevin's stuff was a couple grand at least. Mm-hmm. Um, That's about right, yeah. So it's really great that the MS Foundation is there to help people with this. Um, but going back to the runner after you, heat will fuck with your MS, Um, The more hot, more humid it is, and it varies from person to person, but for the most part, heat and humidity will mess with you if you have MS. So the fact that she got up and did it regardless, I mean, they had to make some modifications. I know you Mm -hmm. were telling me about that, and we can talk about that in a second, but super fucking proud of her. Yeah, she Mo- did a great job. Melinda rocked it. She did great. I mean, I thought it was hot during my stretch where it was getting up to like 90, 95 degrees by the end of the day. And I was trying to finish by about 1230 each day where mm-hmm. it was, you know, just getting to about 90 degrees. But she had to run where it was around 100, 105 oh, yeah, it was for brutal. a couple of those first two days. And so wow. she she was a champion. I mean, she she did phenomenally and just how pretty much all the other runners have. But I think she probably had the, the most um, the most difficult part for sure. Yeah, it, I I don't envy her, but I'm so fucking proud of her. Melinda, yeah. you killed it. Good for you, girl. Way <laughs> to go. The grit and determination. For real. Yeah. Deserves a real. round Absolutely. of applause. Absolutely. <laughs> I'd stand up, but I would yeah. knock everything off the table because my cord's too short. So now that you're done, um, let's let's talk about looking back. What is something that you were unsure of when you started, but you've realized since then you've mastered? wouldn't say mastered, but just sort of the, the nutrition part of it while I was running was the big thing. The first couple of days, which I kind of knew was going to happen just because I had talked to other runners that had done it previously. And so they had just kind of said, hey, like, you know, your body's going to hate you for a little bit. Mm -hmm. It's about the third or fourth day. You're going to realize, okay, I guess we're doing this. We're going to go run 25 or 30 miles. Uh, Let's go. Um, But the big thing for me, speaking of heat, it's just like, and even when I've been running, I don't get very hungry necessarily. Mm -hmm. And so the big thing initially was just trying to make sure I was eating enough, especially Mm -hmm. after the fact. So you get done with a, you know, a hot run, you finish up at noon, 12, you know, 12, 12, 30, one o'clock, somewhere in there, and just kind of want to relax, drink a lot of 
liquids, mm-hmm. you know, get that protein in the body. But it was just kind of remembering to have a constant stream of food throughout. Even though you're not hungry, maybe just eat a little bit, not to the point where you're super full feeling. And so that was something that took a few days to master. And so once I did that, I woke up each morning feeling a little better. The first few mornings, I felt like kind of sick almost, a little Mm -hmm. nauseous until I got some food in me. And Mm -hmm. so that was the big thing initially. And I think that's, you know, kind of a lesson to take as I continue on with more half marathon and marathon training, just to to really be more more diligent about that. Obviously, be mindful of the calories that are being burned, mm. but, you know, just kind of getting in that routine and, and just kind of making sure that, you know, you feel as good as possible before you go out and run. And eating that much food that often, it's going to sound silly, but it's hard. It is really <laughs> difficult. <laughs> it's really, you feel like you're force-feeding yourself. Anybody yeah. who, like, any kind of distance training or running, especially that amount of distance that you were doing, like, I know personally for me, when I do the longer distance days, I'm not hungry. I'm not hungry until like late that night or early the next morning. And then it is that nauseous feeling because your body's like, hey, what the fuck? You just made me do all this work. Feed me. (laughs) Pretty much. Yeah, it was it took a little bit to get used to. And even now it's just trying to get back to, I guess, normal Mm -hmm. because I've taken Uh a little bit of a break. But um, yeah, still still hungry all the time. So I can I can relate with you all on that one. (laughs) Team hangry is a a way of life. Yeah, I think an underrated part of this and I, I had spoken to you kind of during but um, I had sent you a question after, but like preparing for something like this is challenging knowing the nutrition part. But I think that mindset is an underrated part of this. Like how has your, how did you prepare your mindset before training for this kind of challenge and how has it kind of changed after doing it? One of the things that took me a little bit to kind of master and get used to is just the, the pacing part of it. Um, mm-hmm. Like the first segment I did, cause I was going to do them in basically 10 mile segments each day and try and do about 30 miles in total. So I'd break then that 10 mile segment into about a five mile segment where after that I would just kind of get, you know, rehydrated at the the support car, maybe have a little snack and then keep going and take a longer break after the 10 mile was done. So the first 10 mile, um, it was really humid. Mm. That was more at altitude, but I still ran like pretty much around 845 pace for the whole 10 miles, which was way too quick. It was way too quick. Yeah. So um, <laughs> I learned that pretty fast uh, going into the next segment. And then the final segment on that first day was like, okay, this needs to be closer to 10, 10 minutes a mile. And because, I mean, there's no time limit. I mean, you could, mm-hmm. you could walk a little bit if you wanted to. You can, you know, take your time theoretically. And so that took a little bit of time as well. But right before I took off, that was when I kind of really started to slow down and get used to running maybe a pace that wasn't in the sevens or eights and just a couple of miles at a time. So I think that kind of got my mindset going just a little bit that, hey, this is this is an endurance thing where you need to be smart about it. You need to really pace it out and kind of change how you've been running. And while that's, you know, previous running and pace had, had been beneficial, I think, mm-hmm. um, it was important just to, to remember you know, what the long-term goal was just to finish those miles and, you know, make sure everything stayed, stayed all right. So. Yeah, absolutely. I think that pacing is hard for a lot of people. It yeah. is. It's like, so hard, even with a watch or something, you can uh-huh. see that, you know, you're like, Oh, well I'm only, I'm at, you know, ten fifty four. I need to pick it up. And then, you know, you're running up a hill. Like naturally you're going to be a little slower, <sighs> but then thinking, yeah, it's a mindset thing. You're going to find me crawling up the top. <laughs> right. Hi, I made it. <laughs> So we, we've covered before, like your mileage. So you did 166 miles over, it ended up being six days, right? Yep. yep. So what is your advice that you would offer to someone that wants to take on a challenge, like running a marathon plus every day for almost a week? Biggest thing I learned and that was hammered home by 
the, the staff and people who'd run it before and the, the coach with MS run the U.S., Caitlin, Coach uh, Caitlin Yonke, was just to spend a lot of time on your feet and get used to that. Mm. So the training plan had kind of ramped up to where the long runs, obviously, are on Saturdays. That's kind of how most people are when they are training for a half marathon or marathon. But just then going back out on Sunday and doing a long run as well. So the, the peak mileage week leading up to it, was a full marathon distance on Saturday, and then the Sunday it was around like 18 or 20 miles. Okay. Mm. So I kind of did a little differently there because my plan worked out to where the full marathon day was the week of the Lincoln Marathon, full marathon. And so I just kind of swapped that for Sunday and kept my mileage up that week. The next day I didn't quite go as far on that Monday, but just to keep that mileage pretty consistent. And so I I was about, you know, 60 to 70 miles a week for a good you know, two, two and a half months. And so that was a little over the plan, but just getting the idea of, hey, you know, you're going to go out and run X amount of miles each day and just be out there for a good hour, hour and a half, whatever it would take to get the mileage done. And so I think that really kind of prepared me for that, just getting in that mindset of being out there for for long stretches of time and, um, you know, taking advantage of the good weather while I could. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. How many pairs of shoes did you burn through training for this? <laughs> I still have some that have a little bit of mileage on them. I incorporated a couple of new pairs, which I took with me, the Brooks Glycerin, so they're a little more cushioned. Yeah. So I took both of those, and then I took a pair of Ghosts, and those were pretty much the only three that I ran in. I did take a couple of other pairs, Ghosts, and I think a pair of Launch, just as maybe something I could go into. But uh, one thing I learned on the run about the fourth or fifth day my right foot kind of swells up a little bit more mm. than my left foot while oh, running. Is that your, your harder landing foot? I think so. And to being, you know, right-handed, right-side dominance, um, that was something that I really hadn't noticed before, but especially in that stretch where it's the 20 to 30-mile range where you're starting to wrap up the day, but you've already been on your feet, you know, for a few hours. Yep. Um, yeah. That was the thing I kind of learned later on, so I had to kind of loosen up the laces on that shoe and just actually switching out shoes at that 20-mile mark was was really important too. But, yeah, yeah so there's a lot of miles on those shoes, but I've got a nice <laughs> collection right now, and I'm looking forward to uh, not spending uh, most of my paychecks on running <laughs> shoes right now. I found, like, I still have the very first pair, like the pair that I was training in. I It took everything in me not to run in those shoes, but I knew that I would just, like, ruin my life if I did, but I can't force myself to throw them away. They still have like sentimental value, yeah. yeah. There's holes, like, where my toes, like, poke through the top. I'm not getting rid of them. <laughs> yeah, that uh, was a hard lesson for me. I ended up uh, having to run the Lincoln Full Marathon in a pair of shoes that were way past their prime. <laughs> um, and it was kind of a backup because who goes to a marathon and forgets to bring mm. their new fancy running shoes they got? Whoops, dude, right here. In the words of Ned <laughs> Flanders, whoopsie doodle. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that was not a fun thing, but we got through it and uh, just a couple of blisters and we were we were okay, fortunately. I'm amazed that you got away with so few blisters, like yeah. for real. Yeah, I was actually on, after the first day, I kind of had some develop on the outside of a couple of toes on my left foot. And so I was just able to lance those and, you know, kind of tape them up individually and mm-hmm. it worked out okay. I had a callus on my side of my right foot on the inside of my right foot that I was kind of worried about toward the, you know, on my big toe, but that one just kind of stayed a callus, really. It was, I guess, That's toughened good. up and it <laughs> didn't burst, so that was nice. I feel Very like good. lancing your own blisters is such an athlete thing. Like, the doctors oh, yeah. tell us not to do it, but we all know that if you're putting a shoe on that foot, you need to pop that fucker. Otherwise, oh, yeah. you're going to be very uncomfortable. And, and a lot of 
pain. Sterilize <laughs> your poker. Make sure you've got plenty of toilet paper or Kleenex and don't touch any of the goo that comes out of it. Just yeah, soak just, it up and throw it away. Uh, and it cover was, it with a Band-Aid. It was very, very Spartan as far as that went for me. They just gave me a paper clip and I just sat down and... Went to town. Went at it. You know what Lou and I say, if you hard, you hard, and that's hard as fuck. <laughs> you said it, not me. You said it, not me. What has been the most challenging thing since you finished your portion of running across America? Oh, it's been, I mean, I'll be completely honest. It's It's been a struggle. I mean, not just from an athletic point of view and, and getting back into training, but just real life. It's like mm-hmm. I did this thing that... <laughs> You know, it was really important to me, but also I found out it was important to a lot of other people, not just family, but it's nowhere near this, but I'll use this as an example, something I was kind of thinking about and have thought about, but I just remember seeing some biographies on the guys that were on the moon, you know, yeah. Neil Armstrong, Buzz Aldrin, et cetera, et cetera. They, they get back and it's like, okay, what do I do now? We mm-hmm. did this incredible thing that no one else has yeah. done. How do we live normal life? You know? Yeah, and this is obviously not in that realm at all, but I just getting back to work and just on the weekends, not having, you know, 20 miles to run on a Saturday yet. Um, Mm -hmm. But just getting back into the regular routine, it's like you did all this great things. Obviously the relay continues on and other people get to experience it now too. But so that's been a little bit of a struggle. I mean, it was obviously maybe a little more emotional for me than potentially others, but it's, um, you know, trying to get back into the swing of things, you know, it took some time and I think I'm finally in a good place with that. But initially for about a week, you know, 10 days afterwards, you know, it's it like, was, it was a struggle. It really was. Yeah. I mean, I think there, that's natural. There's going to be a come down from anything that you're preparing for, for a long time. And we're going into the Olympics, ho- hopefully very, very soon. And I would imagine that they, that's, you know, that's something that they experience too, because you've spent the last X time of your life focusing on this one moment. And then mm-hmm. it's done. And, and then you do all the training and yeah. Yeah. Cause it's all a lot of work. Yeah. Yeah. Like think- I've, I've been watching that. I'm a big weightlifting nerd. I love Olympic weightlifting. It is like fucking incredible, but to watch them train for a quad and then maybe make the Olympic team like, mm. oof, yeah, that's a lot of work for maybe something. Yeah. So I know that you had your lovely, uh, unicorn kiddie pool full of ice that was sparkles yeah sparkles, sparkles the unicorn pool i was texting chris every day after he'd finished i'd see he would finish on the ms runs the u.s page and i would be like all right cool what what's going on how you feeling where you at just checking in i know you have trainers and coaches and all that jazz but just for my own knowledge because i don't actually know anybody that's done something like this before so i was learning from you while you were learning because that's what we do um but sparkles was was clutch for you but what was your post-run recovery mvp I would say probably just the little massage gun that I had. Mm. I mean, I would literally just sit in the bed in the RV and just obviously catch up on messages and kind of decompress from everything. But I would just pound my legs for a good two or three hours mm. each Percussion night. massages are great. <laughs> yeah, and put my put my legs up on the wall, you know, kind of vertically and everything and, and kind of do that. And so I didn't really have an issue with my legs um, with the exception of after the second day, just being on one side, because it was all highway running. It was all running on mm. Highway 34 there through Colorado and into southwest Nebraska. But just the slant of the shoulder on the highway. So oh, I started yeah. started on the left side for those first two days. And so by the start of the third day, um, like the inside of my right foot kind of hurt a little bit. And then my left knee was hurting. And so I switched over to the right side then. And so when I started that third day, my knee hurt a decent amount. And so I was like, I don't know. This is yeah. 100 more miles to go at this point because I had finished off 29-ish the first day and 30 the second day. Mm-hmm. 
And so you start out and, you know, kind of walk a little bit to loosen it up. And I was, I was kind of nervous. I really was. I thought, okay, this is, I know it'll loosen up, but it, it did, it kind of hurt a little bit. And so yeah. just getting used to that and then switching over the right side, that it made a world of difference. Like my, my hips felt better after doing that too. And, and all of that, but yeah, that was, that was some nervous moments there. Oh, I didn't I'm even sure. think about that yeah. until you mentioned it. Cause yeah, the way that they grade the, mm-hmm. they grade them away from the roads, the water washes off roads mm-hmm. are, aren't completely even and flat in general mm-hmm. either. Like they're a little bit. I'm a nerd because I have family that does road construction, but roads are built that they're tiny peaks in the middle and then everything will wash off so yeah. the water doesn't pool or they're supposed to be anyway. But yeah, yep. I didn't even uh, think about the shoulder thing. That's That so was yeah. something yeah. that uh, co- Coach Caitlin had mentioned. Like if you start to feel pain, you know, after a couple of days, then it's probably a good idea to switch, switch. over. And so sometimes, I mean, you're, you want to run facing traffic, obviously, which mm-hmm. is a runner that's, that's different from being a bicyclist mm-hmm. and, yep. you know, just being a motorist anyway, but... Uh, so that was a little different because I hadn't done a lot of highway running and, and, oh, yeah. and all of that. So just, you know, <laughs> the notion of giant trucks coming at you right away and only having, you know, a few feet of separation. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they, they got it. They they provided space. I got over as far as I could, too. And it was great. But then, yeah, you switch over to that right side and then you get used to them coming right behind you. Yep. And it's been a little more nervous little with that, but it's, uh, <laughs> less traffic. So it, it wasn't the worst thing. You Did mentioned you- having to do like use the gun, but like how much like rest and then like mobility work did you have to do when you weren't running? Not a lot, really. I mean, I would just kind of get done and would walk around. If we had, we were basically RV camping. So if you were at a campsite, obviously to, you know, go shower or use a, you know, bathroom or stuff like that. But it was just kind of, you know, walking a little bit here and there. Um, You know, I just did some lunges occasionally, just if I had maybe some downtime and was outside just to kind of try and keep things as mobile as I could. But Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it was, it was a lot of, uh, (laughs) a lot of rest for sure. Not a lot of uh, some of those things. And uh, as I mentioned, just kind of doing some of those stretches, you know, putting your legs up on the walls, Mm. um, you know, doing, doing hip work and, and things like that. But yeah, it was, it was definitely relaxation for the most part when I got done each day. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> did you have to poop while you were out running across America? <laughs> I did not. No, only had to pee once. So, um, as a city boy, like I am, it was, uh, okay, is this car going to come over this hill? Oh, like, dude, you're it, in rural it... America. <laughs> you can go piss in a ditch and no one's going to care. So I did find a little gravel road to go off the highway and it was, it was pretty, uh, pretty out of the way of everything. So that worked. But, Although yeah. if you get caught, you do get indecent exposure. So I'm yeah. not endorsing pissing in a ditch out in the middle of nowhere yeah. but if you have to no one's probably gonna say anything. if anyone's ever run like i really suggest if you haven't run to poop before you leave that is my biggest phobia <laughs> about running <laughs> in the wild poop before you leave because we have a f- <laughs> our buddy jeff he used to run cross country at doan and he would be like dude i would go out so many mornings with two socks and only come back with mm-hmm. one yeah, it didn't happen to me. Fortunately, there's been there was some times in training over the winter months oh. where I thought I would just have to just do yeah. it and be be uh, faced with the consequences. <laughs> I guess. Um, can I duck behind this tree on 180th Street? Is this going to work? I don't know. But is this a good place to shit? Hello? Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, didn't come to that in the run. Fortunately, but yeah, you're right. Sausage is like the worst fucking feeling. Yeah, in the world. Oh when you're god. like mid run and you're like, oh my god, if I don't stop, I'm going to shit. I've all had over that happen to me on the treadmill before, and I'm just like, oh no, I'm screwed. I'm in trouble. Just feel it bubbling up. Uh, you're like, mm, get that face going. So but I'm just going to talk trend. Oh yeah. lord, and then that music plays. You're just like, uh oh, <laughs> paralyzed with yeah. fear. <laughs> 
the shittening. Uh. Um, <laughs> so when we do market to market, I'll do Puerto Rico rules and I'll pack wet wipes and toilet paper with us because in PR, if you go to a bathhouse at a beach, there's a 50, 50 chance that fucker's not going to be open or mm. not going to have toilet paper. So you pack your own. Yeah. Um, so what was the weirdest <laughs> thing you saw or heard while you were running the roads of middle America? Do you have hmm. any flashers? I did not. Aww. No, I got some a few people to honk and wave whenever the RV or the support car was stopped. Um, there was always at least one person that would kind of pull up behind, like everything okay? Y'all need help or anything? And so that was nice. I mean, it kind of reaffirmed your your faith in humanity, I yeah. suppose, and yeah. all that. I mean, because it is out in the middle of you know places that aren't necessarily the most well traveled, especially mm. kind of west of McCook. Yeah. So I mean, we just get people asking, you know, if you're okay and all that, and so. Um, I don't know. I just, just the scenery. I hadn't really been to that part of Nebraska before. I'd pretty much been everywhere else, but it's going through some of the parts where it's, you know, really nice rolling hills. Then all of a sudden it flattens out and you're on mm-hmm. the same stretch of highway where it's just straight for about six or seven miles. And you, am like, I going anywhere? Uh, like, is this, is this happening? I, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> and so that was uh, kind of something new to get used to, but yeah, there was uh, specifically, there was one kind of, um, historical sign on the side of the road it was for this place called i'm gonna i think i'm gonna get this uh, massacre canyon oh it's between uh, trenton and culbertson but it was a historical site where two uh, native american tribes had had a battle um and it was around i think 1870 somewhere in wow. there oh, but so yeah, you just okay. see you just see these signs for massacre canyon and you're like nope, i don't want to run there nope Can that we stop? does not sound like fun to me <laughs> meanwhile no, i'm intrigued and just googled it while you were talking about it so it's a uh, the massacre canyon battle took place in nebraska august 5th 1873 near the republican river it was one of the last hostilities between the Pawnee and the Sioux or Lakota tribes, and it was the mm-hmm. last battle between Great Plains Nordi- or Native Americans in North America. We're not going to talk about the rest because <laughs> there's it's not fun, um, appropriate fitness podcast stuff. But there you go. Yeah. You learned about Masker Canyon, <laughs> and I want to go visit it now. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it was just like this little kind of. They had a little historical shop and like a monument on the side of the road. So it was just I, as somebody, I, I mean, I like the history, nature of things, and just getting to see new things in general. And so that was kind of intriguing. But, yeah, it was just really, really nice conditions for the most part. And yeah. nothing nothing too out of the ordinary. I had a couple of friends that ran with me at certain points, so that was pretty That's cool. Awesome. But, yeah, it was uh, nothing nothing too Nothing too weird, I don't think. Did you take any more uh, water tower pictures to add to your collection on Instagram? <laughs> I got a couple. Went through uh, <laughs> went through Hagler in extreme southwest Nebraska. So that was one of the first. I think that's the first town that you get into Nebraska from Colorado on that highway. So okay. got that one, Indianola, and a couple of others. I'd had a friend that had been out to Benkelman and Stratton before previously. Mm. So I kind of cheated with those. But um, so, yeah, got a couple. I think we're just under 200 now. Awesome. So, yeah, that's that's awesome. good. I have to ask you, because I've switched up what I listen to while I'm running. Um, music doesn't do it for me anymore. Um, oh, really? Because I, f- I don't even hear it. I'm just so focused on not stopping. Like, I got to get to this fucking fire hydrant or I'm done. I'm like, I'm over it. But I've, I've switched what I'm listening to. So I'm curious what you listen to, and if anything. I was pretty much consistent with the music the whole time. Uh, songs that I've heard a million times mm-hmm. over before through training. But it's just something with me that... I guess when when I get going and maybe it's uh you know going up a hill or a tough part of the 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 run the workouts that some some song just hits and yeah you've, you've heard it a million times but it just hits different each time. It's my song, it's your the power face. song, yeah. yeah and you're just like, all right, it's time it's to my go. Song. Time That's to go. What I do. Yeah, and so that that kind of helped a lot. Or if you're 
just going through a playlist and ah, I don't want to listen to this song right now and just you know skip forward ahead until you find the right one but yeah I've tried listening to podcasts uh you know just to various things and so I just I don't know I get I get kind of distracted easy when I'm running just because mm-hmm. I, I try to be hyper aware of everything that's going on mm-hmm. yeah and so I get distracted by just the scenery that's happening out there whether it's running in town and trying to make sure that you know cars are seeing me and I'm mm-hmm. crossing streets or if it's just you know, looking out for wild animals as you're running along Highway 34 yeah, or whatever, yeah. uh, as I was. But yeah, so it's always it's always been music for me. I'll kind of switch it up in moods a little bit. Um, I had a, a nice rockin' 80s uh, kind of new wave like playlist it. that I was going on. Um, yeah. Just some newer stuff. And I shared one with you. It was kind of yep. like a summer soundtrack for the movies, you know, around when we were in, you know, high school, college, like late 90s, 2000s, that type of stuff. It's so. awesome, by the way. It's, Thank you. It's so good. It, need, it needs some work. Needs some additions, but uh, yeah, that was that was one as well, and just kind of some normal stuff that um, you know grew up listening to and still listen to. So, yeah. screamy emo is my yeah. favorite thing to run to. <laughs> Nothing like listening to an angry person with eyeliner and side swooped bangs to help you get through. I mean, my life is fueled by anger and spite on a good day, so I mean, it's only appropriate <laughs> that all of my workouts are fueled by anger and spite as well. <laughs> That's just me. Everyone's different. You do you. Um, how can people find out more information on MS around the U.S.? So the best place to go would be to the foundation's website, which is msrunthous.org. And on there, you can find out more information about not only what the foundation does and what they've been able to do over the years, but you get more information on this year's relay so you can track it, find out who's running this segment um, going forward. Um, Teresa is running right now from Des Moines to Dubuque, and then Lisa will be running from Dubuque to Milwaukee, which will be uh, kind of concluding in the early part of July, but um, yeah, so it'll continue on to New York. It'll finish up in August, but each runner's got a fundraising page on there. You can find out more on their story, what makes them run, um, you know, why they're doing all of this, um, what their fundraising totals are at, uh, things like that. Um, And then also my specific page is uh, chrisrunsforms.com. So uh, still collecting donations for all of that. We've been very generous with all the support so far as uh, I think fundraising is about $16,600, $16,600, something like, like that. Awesome. Each fundraising, uh, each person's tasked with fundraising $10,000. So it was nice to go a little above and uh, above and beyond that, especially for the organization as they, as I mentioned before, you know, help out people with wheelchair purchases, uh, ramps, things like that, that they might need. Uh, yeah. But yeah, those are the two good places to go. Very That's cool. Amazing. And if they still want to pick up a Chris Whitney Runs t-shirt, I saw those are still available at triplebprinting.com. You're kind of a big fucking deal in Nebraska yeah. now. Triple B yeah. made you a t-shirt. He made if one only for I the could be that cool. He made one for the Vandy Whistler too. So oh, I guess I'm yeah. in esteemed company right now. Yep. Except for the Vandy Josh, Whistlers Josh having a bad awesome. day today. Yeah, they yeah. lost. That's yeah. bad. But no, it was, uh, I was debating on whether to wear that shirt over here, but I think that's like a band if they wear their shirt on stage. That's kind of a kind of a douche move. So I was like, eh, maybe not, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I would have allowed it. There's an exception for this. I mean, yeah, you did an impressive feat of yes. human stuff. Gosh. Like, I, I you're like inspirational to me. Like, honestly, I'm not trying to get too sentimental, but like, honestly, on hard run days, I'm like... Well, Chris just ran 166 miles, Sasha. You can do a half mile. I know. Like, keep going. I know. Chris texted me the other day. He's like, have you started running yet? And I felt ashamed. I was like, no. I, call, I called her out the other day, too. I'm like, dude, I know you're not running. I hate it. I, it's just, I hate starting. Starting is the worst part because my hips and my knees and my ankles are just pissed. But that's everybody. 
Right. Ease yourself into it. Stretch. I feel like I've set this high bar now, so now I can never have any easy days. So that's like, <laughs> nah, oh, you're allowed crap. I got to I gotta get on it, you know. No. But uh, no, it's been, hearing stuff like that, I mean, I, I guess I've, <laughs> I don't know how to take it. I mean, I, I understand that it's, you know, people can find inspiration in a lot of different things. But hearing stuff like that, I mean, it's, it's only weird. reinforces it, why, why you do it, you yeah. know. Right. It's, sure. it's weird and reassuring all at the same time. Like, I, when people are like, hey, and I'm just like, Thank you. Yeah. yeah. I, I didn't do anything special, yeah, yeah. but thank you. Something you guys have touched on before is just with all of this. I mean, I still don't consider myself a runner. I guess maybe, but you it's ran. just. You are yeah, a runner. That, yeah, and that's how I, how I look at it. But you just, you always have those feelings of kind of, you know, being an imposter almost. Mm. It's like, mm. is this is this me? Is this, this what I'm at now? You can, you can shed that imposter syndrome because you ran 166 fucking miles in less than a week. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like that's not something a lot of people can do. Yeah. Well, not to flex, but I did run a seventh day for 29 miles after the fact. Yes. uh, With, uh, with that one, I think once that one got done, I'm like, I'm tired. Okay. I I do want to go home now. He texted me. He's like, I think I'm done. You had your Forrest Gump moment. I'm going to go home now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm tired. Sure. Chris, thank you so much for coming on, um, for spreading the good word of what MS Run the U.S. does, um, for <laughs> just being, an honestly, you're an incredible human being, but um, the self, honestly, I feel like that's a really selfless act to, to run that far and, and go above and beyond the expectations of, of raising that money and helping out people, um, and then spreading the awareness of, of what this cause does, um, but we appreciate you, and uh, we look up to you. Oh, well, thanks, friends. I appreciate it. It was good to good to reconnect with all of this with a lot of different people, but especially y'all. And um, it was fun to watch you do your media tour. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. I know you miss that shit. Yeah, it's kind of weird being on this side of things, but it's kind of nice as well. And you get to have good conversations and, um, you know, just hopefully make a difference with everything. I mean, if it if it helps one person, you know, that's great. I mean, I my mom's probably never going to be able to shake the syndromes, uh, you know, the, the symptoms that she has and be able to walk or anything like that again. And, you know, probably not the case for a lot of people, but if it can make things better for somebody, you know, I think that's, that's the main goal with everything. So, uh, I'll keep this in mind though, when we start doing market to market stuff a little more in depth and I'm, and I'm riding both of you to, Hey, you know, suck it up. Let's keep going. Uh So we'll, we'll bookmark this for later. I'm going to swear at you, but I'm going to swear at you with great admiration. There we go. I'll take that. I'll take that. I'm starting to add mileage, so on those tough days, when I get to mile nine again, I'm going to be like, dude, help. Because <laughs> mindset, like mind-wise for me, once I get up nine, 10, 11 miles, it gets a little a little rough up here. We're going to have to start the Meathead Run Club coming up <laughs> yes, in the next couple of weeks to keep sure. each other accountable. Find us online, meatheadtestkitchen.com. You can find show notes. You can find merch. You can find recipes. You can find training resources. What else we got up there? Templates. Yeah, we've got all sorts of stuff there. Meatheadtestkitchen.com. You can shoot us an email. Hello at meatheadtestkitchen.com. Find us on social media. We're everywhere at meatheadtestkitchen. On Twitter, we're at mtkstaff. What else we got? Like, review, subscribe to the podcast. So every time an episode drops, it comes straight to your phone. You get that notification. You're like, I'm going to run right now. I'm going to play this podcast. Yes. There you go. Shout out to our friends on TikTok. We love you. Thank you for finding us and for listening to us. You're the shit. We won't forget you. We'll keep posting more new content for you when we make it. Absolutely. Um, Be nice to each other. Have a good week.
kick life in the ass, and we'll we'll see you on the other side. We had Test Kitchen. Out. Join Sadie and Sasha every Monday, helping to make your fitness and nutrition journey suck less. MTK. A Huda Media Production.